are going to get worse before they get better. Got down on his knees and gave his life to Christ. Because Americans are dreamers too. You're not in any moral position to tell anybody how corrupt they are. You should be quiet. Why? Why are our black sons and daughters being treated so badly? This is Profane Faith, a podcast that engages faith on the margins. Faith that has been labeled profane, nonconformist, and or out there. We'll be exploring the intersections of the sacred, secular, and profane to find God. I'm your host, your boy, Daniel White Hodge. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. It's your boy, Dan White Hodge, coming at you. And you know what, y'all? Yeah, that's right. I am coming at y'all from Boston. The Theopoetics Conference itself. Oh, my goodness. It was off the chain. Was you there? Did I see you there? <laughs> well, it finally went down after all this time. It was really exciting. It's, it just, it's an amazing group of people here. Uh, I was very thankful for Khaled and the team that put this together. Um, I'm excited just to be a part of just any, any, any of this because it's such a unique hodgepodge of individuals from the arts um, trying to seek out theologically what it means to be um, spiritual and religious within an artistic setting. And so, yeah, this was this was a really good time. This was a really good time. And again, if you haven't checked it out, you know, you can go back and, and, and check out all the previous episodes. because I've been talking about it for about the past few months. And I do recommend y'all that you that you get out to one of these if you can, uh, especially those of you who are faithful listeners to the podcast. Um, this is really a space that um, I not only I feel welcome in, but a lot of different folks, LGBTQ um, folks, um, people who are uh, engaged in uh, activism on many different levels, um, old, young, middle age. It oh man, it's just it's a beautiful place. And the great thing about it is that it's 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 a small group. It's not really big, uh, and it just feels like it's down home. It feels like you're connected to people. I mean, some of the conversations that I had with folks were amazing. Oh, I was just blown away. So um, that's where I'm coming from this week uh, in Boston. I had a chance to uh, uh, speak this weekend at uh, my good friend, Dr. Sunshine Ra, his former church out in Cambridge. And uh, my man Cisco and his wife Shanae uh, were part of uh, my just giving us a freaking tour, man, of entire Boston, man. I much love the fam there, man. The Cisco and Shanae, y'all was y'all y'all showed us mad love, and so thank you, man. It was great to just check out Boston and you know see see you know see Boston for what Boston is, you know what I'm saying? And so it was cool to check out the history. Um, I'm not gonna talk too long this this week because man. I've got an amazing show. Uh, I have two amazing people uh, on the show uh, this week. And so and they were here at the conference and we uh, met up, we connected and I was just like, hey, I got all my podcast gear here. Why don't we start recording? And so Maya Camilla, uh, Maya Camilla, she is a spoken word artist uh, out of Baltimore. Uh, She has a podcast as well uh, for Collared Girls. She'll explain a little bit more about what that is. I'm going to put all these in the show notes as well. Her podcast is off the chain. Another one y'all should be listening to and checking out for collared, like collard greens, for collared girls, Maya Camilla. Um, she's on Twitter as well. I po- I'll post her uh, material out there in uh, in the show notes as well. And then Tuhina Verma 
I mean, I, I ain't even going to try to say the last name. I know I'm at, and she says in, in the interview, and I apologize, Tina. I know you're probably listening to this, and I apologize. I just don't want to butcher your last name. Um, but Tahina is uh, another um, a, a great mind, a Lutheran uh, pastor. She, her, pastoring Luther style. She says in her bio, wandering and writing. She is, uh, and she's got a great story on zombies, some great curriculum, and you're going to see. You're going to hear it. I can't even set it up right because you just got to check this this interview out. Now, let me just preface this and say this. Um, do we, we go in. This is an unedited version. Um, we go in. We do say some strong. We do have some strong language. So uh, if you have sensitive ears around, you probably don't want to listen to this episode. Um, but if you, you know me and you know what I do, uh, you know that we're not cursing. We are using strong language. So there's, there's some explicit language, strong language. Uh, but uh, it's a great conversation, y'all. But this is definitely not for, uh, for again, for sensitive ears. So this is my conversation with Tahina and uh, Maya, uh, two amazing women doing amazing things uh, religiously, spiritually, spoken word, artistically. And I was so privileged to sit down with them and have this conversation. So check this out, y'all. Um, stay tuned for more great conversations here at Profane Faith. Remember to like and follow us um, on Facebook. Um, I'm on Twitter at Dan White Hodge, uh, hashtag Profane Faith. So check us out. Keep liking. Keep subscribing. If you're new, don't forget to go check out episode 00 and episode 1 uh, in the podcast. And again, thanks for your support. Check these two women out. Amazing good stuff right there that needs to be said that needs to be said yes um so i guess i'll, I'll you wanna yeah you can okay so uh my faith story i guess is like any not like any is my story so it's not like any story um <laughs> uh so i grew up in church uh okay. was raised in church great black church mm-hmm. sang dance uh we had theater um i first started doing poetry in church and like great relationship and then um my mom had a baby with the pastor's son and uh, everything went shit left oh um the pastor called my mom Bathsheba from the pulpit and like when my baby brother was born she like took him and baptized him without my mother's permission and like so that like um that kind of changed my relationship with church a little bit and um (laughs) Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, from yeah. It's from the pulpit, and um, I know that really hurt my family because my yeah. mom, my mom loved her and like was her uh, like really loved her. Mm. May she rest in peace. I, I'm not gonna talk a little dead. We all, right. all, uh, all right. we all go through our journeys. Passes are people. Passes go through those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I was disenfranchised, disconnected from church for a while, and mm. then um, my mom started working for this mega church and one of the conditions of working for the mega church is that you have to be a member and so um mm. she started taking us to this huge church where i didn't know anybody and i was like oh no jesus not here for me Mm-mm. no and he and he wasn't and i <laughs> did not go to church for um a long 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 time and um and then uh i, f- I want to say i found amazing grace but amazing grace definitely found me um mm. definitely found me uh i was living i just moved to um back to uh well just moved into a new house and i made a friend she was like you should come down the street with me we're going to youth group and i'm like i don't do church <laughs> ah, that's right that's right i don't do church 
I, me and God here. I talked to God. We good. And um, she was like, just come with me. And I went and uh, I ain't never leave. And it's been 10 years. Whoa. All right. Almost. Because yeah. I'm, I'm 26. And the first time I went there, I was t- 17. Okay. And so almost 10 years. Okay. And um, since that, since that, uh, finding amazing grace and reconnecting with God on mm-hmm. a, on like a real level and having a community that loved me, yes. I've blossomed, like, uh, I've blossomed, uh, started uh, speaking like public speaking more and I'm um, doing more theater doing more poetry mm. doing speaking just speaking my truth all yes. no one could shut me yes. up for the longest time That's like good. yes every Sunday I had an announcement every yes. I became youth ministry coordinator of the church at oh. like 18 I'm I'm a youth myself telling other youths <laughs> what to do when chaperoning youth trips and all these things and I'm just I just uh now, this was not that mega church though. No, this, this was, was this was a different okay. church. This All was right. a different church. All this right. was Amazing Grace Evangelical Lutheran Church, twenty four twenty four McAldery Street, Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> yes. All right. I could probably right. still run the phone number like it's nothing. There you go. Um there you go. <laughs> that is is uh there that's where I found love and true love mm-hmm. and unconditional love and I was so hungry for that and I didn't know I was and I'm as I'm looking back over my life. And I feel so old, like I'm looking back over my life <laughs> <laughs> as I reflect on how on where I am now mm-hmm. and where I've been and where I plan to go. I know without a shadow of a doubt, mm-hmm. I would not be able to be here if I didn't find a faith community that fit me at that time. And I'm forever grateful for that relationship. And um, if any of them listen, I'll be in church like in two Sundays. Because they always like to say, <laughs> Maya, That's when right. you coming back to church? I'm like, y'all, me and God are going through some things right now. <laughs> and she get it. And I get it. And we just we just handling some stuff. So, right. yeah. yeah. But, this, yeah, okay. I guess that's my faith journey and Man. story somewhat. I think I left some stuff out. But, yeah. 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 Okay. Wow. 26. Yeah. That's what's up. That yeah. is what's up. Okay. All right, I got some questions, but I, I want to make sure I get everyone who's in the room. Yeah. Yes, yes. All right, my faith story. Um, <laughs> I grew up as a devout Hindu. In, yeah, right? All it, right, all right. In, in Denver, Colorado. In Denver? In the yes. 1980s. Oh, what? Right? Oh. Hey, look, Asian don't raisin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's right. That's right. Yes. Come on. Come on. Um, yeah, so I am not going to share my age. Oh, my goodness. Would you like, you, so you're 28. If she's 26, you got to be like 28, 30? Nope. <laughs> I wish. Here's a clue. Well, okay. This year, I will have been married for 14 years. All right. I'm with that. I'm fab- Congratulations. Wow. Wow. Right? Wow. Right? 14. Congratulations. Yeah, and, and, and been with Carl for, let me do math. Math is hard. 16, 17? I can't even reply back to text messages. <laughs> <laughs> You've been wow. Yeah. Um. So yeah, grew up in a Hindu household in Denver, Colorado, in the 1980s. So there wasn't a lot of us. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I just assumed it was a large Hindu community. <laughs> oh right. Yeah. <laughs> it was thriving. Yeah. In like 1982. Oh. Let me tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> Popping. 
popping. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um. So, yeah, my faith community growing up was mm. my mom, my dad, my brother, and me. And also, we had a golden retriever. We can count Bonko. Oh. There yeah. you go. Um. So we prayed at home. We did uh, religious celebrations at home. And if we found okay. out that there was like a religious celebration going on somewhere, mm-hmm. like my parents would like pile us in the car and we'd drive out to like Aurora, which back in the day, de- back in the day, <laughs> seemed like a far ways away. But now it's all just part of Denver. Yeah. Denver has sprawled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is not the same place I grew up. Yeah. So, yeah, I, um. Grew up in Denver, and then my senior year of high school moved to Walhalla, South Carolina. Mm. Oh, all right. Yes. Right? People knew who the new girl was there. Mm-hmm. And so that was also the buckle of the Bible Belt. And so somebody's like, you're going to go to hell because you're a Hindu. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to know your God if your God's like, like, like <laughs> I don't even know your God, and your God's already determining that I'm going to go to hell. Right. Right. Yeah. Hey, already. Yeah. You and your God go do your thing. That's right. Um, That's I- right. I'm going to hang with my gods. <laughs> All of them who love me. All 330 million of them. Right. <laughs> I got more gods than your gods. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well. Anyway, so like, you know, this whole like being told like, you know, you're going to go to hell, um, you know, accept Jesus into your heart. And yes. like, why do I want to accept Jesus into my heart if I'm already going to hell? Um, why is this like, mm. is this a bartering system? Like... You know, give and take, like, mm-mm, no, this does not sit well with me. Yeah. Um, and then for some reason, otherwise known as a scholarship, I stayed in <laughs> South Carolina to go to college at mm-hmm. Clemson University. All right. Yeah. All right. It's a state school, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not I went a, to a state school. Yeah. yeah. Nothing wrong with state schools. No. I got a good education. I am the product of a public education. There you go. Stay woke. Right? That's it. That's it. Like, all the way to college and mm-hmm. graduate school. Oh, Ratchet. See, oh, that's where yeah. I went private. And yeah, no, yeah. I didn't. Um, I should have. <laughs> I should have went public. So, um, sophomore year, undergrad, I'm studying with a friend. We're, mm-hmm. like, doing a marketing test, otherwise known as evangelism now. Oh. Oh. Um, and she's oh. like, hey, are you hungry? And it's like, oh, my God, I'm starving. And she's like, hey, let's go out and grab a bite to eat. To which I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go out and get a bite to eat. Uh-oh. And she's like, well, my church is doing a potluck. And in my mind, I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> That's how they get you. Right. They feed you. you. Want some food? food? Yep. So in my mind, I am just trying to figure out every way, shape, and form. Because like, like the, the brain and the heart are just like, no. Right. Right. And I'm just like, nah. And she's like, but it's free. And I'm like, mm. The other thing, oh, though, my, know, uh, yeah. so my friend had said, look, if anybody Food. gives you any crap, uh-huh. they can deal with me. And it's like, OK, she got my back. So I feel, you know, I feel OK. Like, I'm not alone. Yeah. yeah. And if somebody, you know, if somebody's like, you're going to go to hell because of X, Y or Z, then it's like, all right, I'm done. I mean, like, this food's not worth it. But I walk <laughs> into the church and I start meeting people. And the pastor, of course, you know. This brown girl walks into a predominantly white church, so he's pastor, like, "Hello, right?" Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, but he walks over and he's like, right. "What's your name?" And like, you know, my name's Tuhina. What's yours? I'm Pastor Chris, and it's like, it's very nice to meet you. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and you know, he's asking the questions because apparently that's what you do in church. Mm-hmm. You ask the questions mm-hmm. when yes. a new person shows up. Part of Alpha, right? That's right. <laughs> do you want to join council? <laughs> um, oh my gosh! No, no, that didn't happen. I promise. That did not happen. I was on council at like 18. <gasps> Is that right? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Oh. All right. Let's but like, do. but we'll talk ooh. about that later. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta come back to that. Yeah, we gotta come back. We gotta come back to that. <laughs> but like in this relationship, like Pastor Chris is like, "Look, I am not out to convert you. Just come hang with us." And I'm like, "Y'all do that? Okay." I'll, like I'm really good you know I'll just hang out with y'all so like I would show up on Wednesday nights for the free meals okay. and just kind of like eat and like not talk a whole lot mm-hmm. um because you know people talking people doing the thing um but then like I started like actually like getting to know people because that's what you do when you like share meals together mm-hmm. and share life together mm-hmm. it's like oh this is y'all aren't that scary mm. yeah and so okay. it was like really kind of fascinating. And then I graduate from college. I'm still Hindu. Um, <laughs> with a degree in? With a degree in French language and international Ooh. agricultural economics. Oh, you smart. <laughs> she's, she's smart. Yeah. No, it's just a lot of words strung together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of big words. Yeah, that's about to say. That's college words. So I take those big college words. Yes. And I go out into the world, and mm-hmm. I and I get this thing called a job. Wow! Right? So like, I wow. move out of my like, you know, I move like out into the world, otherwise known as Greenville, South Carolina. Yes. Oh, oh, right. How many yes. picklers from there? Um, I didn't know that. random fact. Living the dream in Greenville. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I realized that like I'm friends with a lot of Lutherans because Ooh. I hung out with them for food, and then <laughs> and then they start getting married, oh, and the pa- and the campus pastor keeps showing up, officiating the weddings, and I'm like, what is this? Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. And then I meet a really nice guy at a kegger. <laughs> on a the third, of- just having to throw that in there. Like, <laughs> on the third, on the third of July, because okay. the fourth of July is a Sunday in South Carolina, blue laws, and so like this. Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. Hey, so, I'm a what is that? Adventist, so I know about blue laws. What mm-hmm. are blue laws? Sunday blue laws. Go ahead. You were there. All right. So you cannot purchase any form of alcohol like on midnight or like twelve oh one starting Sunday morning until like. Um, 11.59 p.m. Sunday night. Oh, no. And then stores also don't open. Yep. So, like, major stores are closed, and they open at kind of, like, noon or 1.30. Right. So, like, the small local store owners can go to church. Yep. Yep. Wow. In the Adventist tradition, that was a huge key for the, the end of time. So this was the mark of the beast. It was the coming of the mark of the beast. That these were going to become national Sunday blue laws, and that, that was the only way it was going to switch... You had to go to church on Sunday. That was going to be the law. Sunday blue laws. So that was the other side of that. That was the. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So anyways, I'm sorry. You said blue yeah. laws. And I was like, oh, I remember that. So like this guy, like <laughs> we're both designated drivers. At... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've never been that person. Okay. <laughs> I have. Okay. I have. And, and oftentimes I am. Okay. So I this guy and I are, are DDs, and we're just kind of like hanging out and talking. And I'm like, he's cute. All right. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so like, it pays to be it pays to be a DD because that man's now my husband. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Right. Right. And so we get engaged. Okay. And we're just kind of like. All right, so we're going to have, like, this non-churchy wedding, and we're going to have, like, a non-temple wedding. We're just going to get married. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, like, mm-hmm. my parents are, like, like 
Indian Hindu parents. It's like, no, when you have children, you will have your wedding. This is our wedding. Uh, all right. All right. So, it's so interesting how cultures reflect each other. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then Carl's parents, it's like, well, we're not telling people you're getting married until you book the church. And I was like, what do you mean? But what kind of Christian are you? You booked the church. <laughs> and so Carl's like, well, I grew up Lutheran. I'm like, I know Lutheran pastor. I got this. I know them. So I call up Pastor Chris and I'm like, hey, Pastor Chris, I'm getting. Well, first off, it's like, hey, Pastor Chris, do you remember me? And he's like, we don't often get very many Hindus that come through our doors. So, yes, I do remember you. I remember you. Yes. Right. And I had said, I'm getting married and we need to book a church. And Pastor Chris is like, well, I don't just marry and bury people. Like, if you're going to get married in this church, there's like a community that's attached to this church and mm. come worship with us so this community can support you in the vows that you make to one another. And so um, that kind of like started me going to church, but I'd sit in the back with a legal pad. And I would like write down all of my observations, like why do you do this? Why do you do this? Why do you all have right. this in your yeah, queue? Yeah. Like why? Why? Like why? Why? What? Like how? And so once a week for two years, we met over coffee, Pastor Chris, my husband, and I. And I would just ask him any like question about church, and he would yeah. ask me questions about Hinduism, and it was a great dialogue. Oh, wow. And he oh. also prefaced it saying, "I am not out to convert you. I just really want to have a conversation." Wow. Oh, right? Yeah, right? Good. I'm with that. Yeah. And so we get married in the church. We also have a big Hindu wedding. Um so like That's I'm never awesome. I'm never renewing my vows because I did them like four hours afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm you're just, good. Like, people who renew their vows, mm, then they're done that. Did it four hours after I got married the first time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I won up. I already did that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but we keep going to church. Like we don't have to go to church anymore because now we're married. Okay. But we keep going to church because we know the people in the church now and they know us. And we are early morning church people. We were like 8.30 service. Whoa. Right? God bless you. Yeah. God bless I'm a morning you. person. Oh, wow. wow. Right. No, like after about like 8 p.m. Like, I don't know if you saw that. I was like kind of just like. Yeah, yeah. Like, down. yeah. And you mm -hmm. go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. And then I go to sleep. Yeah. So it I, makes sense. Right. Okay. So right. I'm totally a morning person and we're like morning worship and like there's a hymn that's being sung and I think it's like the hymn of the day and I'm like hot mess. Like I am like ugly crying and I'm like filled with snot because like I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit wow. and I am scared to death wow. and it Ooh. felt like the Holy Spirit was going to blow the roof off the church and I'm looking around like is anybody else feeling this and I'm just like no I'm the freak. Mm. This, mm -mm. Is awesome. mm. this is awesome. This is awesome. I am the brown girl, like freaking out and crying and having like this moment wow. in this Lutheran church in rural South Carolina. And I'm just like, what is going on? And yeah. like, and then I got really yeah. scared because it's like God is real. And if God is real, that means God's trying to reach out to me. Ooh. And that means that I am accountable to God and I'm accountable to the people in this church and I'm accountable to God's creation. I am so screwed. Oh. Mm -hmm. And so, like, even after that, I'm like, nope, not getting baptized. I'm still Hindu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then, like, we moved to California from South Carolina because, you know, my husband gets a job. Okay. And we're in L.A. And 
I realize like I miss going to church, which is like the weirdest thing because like a Hindu misses going to church. Mm. So we like look up where is the nearest Lutheran church because that's where I feel comfortable and that's where Carl grew up. I know weird. I feel comfortable in the Lutheran church. How did that happen? <laughs> hey, same thing, sis. Right? Same thing. So we and there's like a, a church that's like four blocks away. So it's like, oh, my God, we can walk in L.A. Nobody walks in L.A. Yeah, Walking in L.A. That. Nobody walks in a walking in L.A. I walked in L.A. when I was there, and that was the worst decision I've ever made in my life. Those blocks are long. I know. Mm-hmm. You, you, you turned flat. Yes. Like, but anyway. So we walked to church in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, you know, people were nice. They were welcoming. Um, but we, you know, Carl and I are also young. <laughs> and so I don't know if that was part of it. Um, but, like, the pastor in South Carolina emailed the pastor in California in LA and said, look, Tuhina's like a special person. Oh. Oh. Like she loves to go to church, but like she won't commune. She won't say the creed. Um, but she is, but she loves people. And so like, just, you know, welcome her and, you know, love on her. Right. And so that's what they did. So this was Salem Lutheran church in Glendale, California. No way. What? Glendale. Glendale. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So we, we start going to church in Glendale and then the pastor who was there went on medical leave and then this interim pastor shows up. And so Carl and I, like, you know, people love on us, but we keep to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we go to this Oktoberfest thing. Like, all right, don't even get me started on conflating, like, cultural norms with theology. That's another podcast for another time because I have stuff to say. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, we're sitting there and this guy comes up and he's like, are you new here? Or he asks, how long have you been here? It's like, yeah, we're new. And he's like, I'm new, too. It's the interim pastor. Oh, okay. Right? And then, like, I mentioned that, like, my parents had been in town. We have all these fresh Indian spices. I can't cook to save my life. Um, Oh, no. And then he invites himself over. He's like, Indian spices, Indian food? When can I come over for dinner? And I'm like, uh, 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 uh." sure. Yeah, right. That's what happens. And so, like, I cook this atrocious meal. Uh, It was so bad. My mom, like, would be just kind of like daughter- what have you done? Oh, no. Um, and he comes over and he's like eating the food, like being super polite and eating the food. And Carl, my husband, is being super polite and eating the food. <laughs> and I'm eating the food because I'm like, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> but like the interim pastor, his name is Marcus Hess. And so like we start hanging out. And then like just one day we were drinking a proper masala chai because there's no such thing as a chai tea latte. Mm-mm. Okay. All right. Okay. And Tell I'm. Me. Oh, oh, that is another podcast for like, so we should do like a pot, like there should be like, I mean, like there are a series of podcasts, right? No, but there's actually a really good podcast on like race and food. But like, I want to talk about like religion, race and food. Ooh, Yeah. Boom. Right. Yeah, I know. So I'm making, I'm, I made this proper masala chai. We're sitting and hanging out and drinking masala chai. And I'm like, I want, what is keeping me from being a part of of the church? Like finally being a part of the church. And so here I am, 27 years old, and I'm like, I want to be baptized. Oh. I got baptized when I was 27 years old. Yes. And then the next week, Marcus is like, you should go to seminary. And I was like, you should take that and shove it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, I legit told him those words. Um, 
and with like, a smile, huh? With a smile, with a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was kind of like freaking out, and I like went back to South Carolina to visit my parents, and it was the first time I could com- like that I accepted communion mm-hmm. in the church where like I learned about Christianity and I learned mm-hmm. about Jesus and I met the Holy Spirit. But that Sunday was like a children's sermon that was thank God for seminary, and I was like, what? <laughs> Come on, God. It was like, Tuhina, here's a two by four with a Bible attached to it. Boom! Boop! <laughs> Boop! Wow. Yeah. And so I actually, yeah. So it, like, I really wrestled with it. I really struggled. And then I actually enrolled in Fuller Seminary in Pasadena, right? All right. Yep. So I go to Fuller. I'm there for a year and a half. And then I go to PLTS. All and right. then, yeah. And now I'm a Lutheran pastor. Look at that. What? Wow. Yeah. I'm still ignoring the seminary call. This um the the two by four with yeah. the Bible. So like when I'm you, still ignoring that. Maya, you, know? you, ca- you call me when you get the boo <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, it's hitting it's hitting hard. It's real it's hitting real real hard. Like smacking the shit Boop. out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Boop. Okay. I'll stop. Wow. This is amazing. I mean I'm just kinda of blown away by these stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's kind of awesome. Like, yeah. 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 Look, yo, you are awesome. <laughs> like two days a week. But. Two days a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, so given where we're at, 2016 election happens and we're here now. I mean, what do you make? I mean, the New York Times just released uh, a was an article essay. I really want to put it about, you know, see about. Oh, see about yeah. About uh, black People are leaving ev- yes. evangelical churches. Quiet exodus. Quiet yeah, exodus. I saw it, but I haven't read it yet because conference. Yeah, yes. I read the first like paragraph and then dozed off again. Conference. I understand. I understand. So I'm just. I mean, I'm curious. I mean, but you already kind of know where the. I mean, where it's going, right? I mean, so what is what? What does that look like? Where are you? Where are y'all at? Where you know? What are you doing now? Either of you doing in, in engagement to that? You know, form of what they call resistance, right? Like, what does what does that look like for y'all? And then. How well, let me start there. I won't overburden you with questions because I got a lot. Um, so I feel like I'm I'm quietly ex I was quietly exiting the church as well. Um, I just got really tired of explaining racism to white people, and they would come to me, and I'm use uh, ELCA is really white, super white, the whitest, the whitest. But my church, my like the church I went to was not like we're diverse. We we okay. have uh, Trinidadians, we have Jamaicans, we have wow. black, we have uh, a few uh, Spanish speaking folks. We have okay. we are mixed social economic um, congregation, right? And so that's that's what I thought Lutheran church was. I thought that it was like a bunch of different people, different worship, a little slow, you know. I'm used to shouting and stuff, but um. My first time being in like a real Lutheran set, and I was like, "Oh shit, I'm the only black person here." And um, and like the questions that I would get asked, and can I can I touch your hair? And like, um, I remember I was 18. I was in um the Lutheran Youth Organization, and this girl Sarah. Uh, I had put braids in my hair, long braids, because, you know, it's winter time, time to protect it. And um, that's right. I uh, was doing, we was doing like pre-conference, pre-retreat things. And she looked at me and she said, I don't think Jesus will want you to have that in your hair. And I'm like, right. I look oh, like, no. 
and again at this time like it was another girl um black girl but she uh she was raised like she's i'm from the hood and she's not so like how i how i interact with white people how she interacts with white people is completely different and so like that really stung and so um as i aged and like i got more socially aware and social justice and i was just really tired of people asking the same questions and i'm giving you an answer and you're doing the same exact thing and you want me to like care about things that um that I don't think I should have to care about because yeah. I'm fighting my own battle and my people are struggling and we have a lot of healing to do. And my focus is making sure that we get to our next place. And I'm not saying that I don't that um I don't have love for my white brothers and sisters because I do because you're my brother and sister in Christ. But my main focus mm-hmm. is healing my people. Mm-hmm. And I could not f- figure I, I couldn't like uh I couldn't deal with it. Yeah. I couldn't, and um, I start. I stopped engaging in long in larger church activities. Right. Um, I used to uh, go to like retreats all around the country and like go places. And I was on the um, mile planning committee for a while, and then all the stuff happened in my home in Baltimore. And I was yeah. just like, I need to focus on my city. I need to focus on my people. I need to focus on this. And I, the work I was doing in the church wasn't fulfilling me. And it wasn't filling me up. And I felt like I had to explain why the righteous anger was happening and people right. weren't getting it. Right. And it was like, Mm-mm, y'all not for me. Y'all not my people. Um, and if it wasn't for Tamika and uh, if really if it wasn't for um, Tamika and uh, and uh, yeah, and Laura, I probably would like be con- Christianity and myself would be over. Because it's really disheartening to like speak your truth, completely be completely vulnerable and open and have someone look at you and say, you still talking about racism? Is that something that we still talking about? And it's this older, kindly white woman who's like you respect and you've looked up to and she's like, that's where you are. Can't you move past that? And it's like, who sis? No, I can't. I can't because I still I I worry every day about my youngest brother going outside and dying. Like I can't not think about it. Wow. So I feel that and I can't wait to read the article and like see what like see what it has to say. But as a young black person who's just I'm just tired, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, just tired and exhausted and I want to be in spaces where I'm filled up and I'm not looked at as the black girl who has the answers of why black people aren't coming to church or why won't black people join our churches or why won't they sing the songs we want them to sing or why and it's just like overwhelming Mm -hmm. and I have enough shit of my own I don't need to add on that so yeah 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 I mean, I, I know that spokesperson just being that. I mean, that's um, that's a tough one, right? I mean, because I, I know as a professor, I mean, I'm always looked at right as the, what do you have the answers? Yes. What, what what have you found, and why? You know, so it, and I know that there's a racial component to that, right? It's like, well, tell us about your people. Yeah. I had once had a person tell me like, why? You know, I want to, you know, I'd love to talk with you about race, but can we not just can we not do the anger? Can we not do the emotion? With the, <laughs> can we just do away with that. It's like how? It's like 
uh, la- I'm, last night I had an interesting conversation and it was around those can we not can we not talk about race and it's like no we can't not talk about we can't not not talk about race because it's the elephant that's crushing you, you that's the elephant that's crushing us it's was yeah. a cartoon that came out like a, a someone had drew a, a elephant sitting on like the church and what was um being squoze out was like racism like it, it was a meme a few years ago and i was like it really resonated with me because that's what it is like mm-hmm. you want to know why your church is predominantly white what just think about it like what well, are you welcoming are you open? Are you having those real conversations within yourselves instead of looking for the person of color to have the answers for you? Like, I can't unpack your your racism. You got to unpack that. I have to unpack my internalized racism, the, the prejudice that I deal with. I need to do that for myself. And I'm doing that work. I know I have conversations about race with black people and brown people all the time. We're doing that work. I'm not going to do my work and then do your work, too. Like, no, I'm not your mammy. I'm not taking care of you, boo. Like, mm-mm. Oh, mercy. But, yeah, that was my tangent on that. No, no, no. I feel you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Tina, what about you? Oh, 2016. 2016, yes. Yeah, so. <gasps> the day. Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the presidential election, just, like, the Republican primary was just, like, a freak show. It was. Yeah. It was a total, utter, complete freak show. But then as uh, as the field started to get more and more and more whittled down, mm-hmm. um, I was realizing that as, as an ordained person in the church, the church has to say something. Right. Somebody in the church has to say something. Mm-hmm. And I just felt compelled to write... Um, so I started writing a lot. And I had actually been writing some stuff, but I'd been, like, not, like, hitting publish. Like, that's writing that I had been keeping to myself about, like, small personal essays. Like, I wrote an essay called um, Unattended Luggage. So, you know, when you're at airports and it's like, if you see any unattended luggage, please report to blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that's good. I like that. Um, well, and there was a there was a real instance um when I was at the airport, I was flying to visit some of my friends in New York, mm-hmm. and I was at SFO, and these white high schoolers, these white young folk, I, like, I'm assuming they were in high school, but they looked really young, and they talked young. Mm-hmm. Like, there was just y- youth just oozing from them. <laughs> and their flight to San Diego got canceled. So they, you know, start freaking out. And, you know, I'd freak out, too, if my flight were canceled. But they they all ran to the ticket counter and left their bags. And I'm sitting by them. And I'm scared to death to, to get up and move. Because the day before the shootings had happened in San Bernardino, California. Oh. And so when a shooting is committed by a brown person, a brown yeah. skin person. Oh, of Middle Eastern or South Asian descent, mm-hmm. I I get nervous. I get nervous. Um, and so, like, here is this, like, pile of bags that are unattended, and I am sitting next to them. And I'm looking at them, and I'm like, I could never do that. Never. I could never do that. And I can't even feign innocence. I can't feign youth. I can't say, like, I'm sorry, I forgot. 
Like that's 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 a label that's already on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I wrote the, I wrote an essay about it called wow. "Unattended Baggage." Wow. Um, wow. And then, as as things started to get progressively worse in 2016, yeah, they did. Um, Listen, like, yeah. I I did yeah. a I did a book review of somebody I really admire, Deepa Iyer. She's an Indian American lawyer and activist who is also kind of like really trying to do the work within the Asian American community. And so she wrote a book called We Too Sing America about the experiences of South Asians and Asians um, and also like with with Muslims and Sikh communities in the United States about like what does it mean for us to also take on the label as American when that label has not been really properly you know, because like there's a, there's a particular definition of what American is or mm-hmm. what being somebody from the United States is. Mm-hmm. So I did a book review of that. Mm-hmm. And then I also did a book review on race in a post like post race. What was I can't even remember the name of the book. It was by Westminster John Knox. It was um, race in a post. In a post racial America, something like that. No, it's it, it had a. um it's gonna it's gonna bother me but like i had to review this book and this book like every other chapter i was like throwing it across the room because it's like i am so angry at the world um race in a post-obama america oh okay yeah um yeah and that book messed me up because like i was actually asked to review that book too and i'm just like ah and then finally like um those access hollywood tapes with like um oh, donald trump and, uh, um you know grabbing grabbing pussies. women yes pussies yes. yeah mm-hmm. yes. um and so like that's when like the white evangelicals like started to get angry and then like that made me angry because i was like where y'all been like he where have y'all been where have y'all been like seriously like party's been going on for a while now um and I just got so angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That led me to write another article. I gotta find these. You gotta point me to them. Um, Put them in the show notes. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I wrote an article called The Sanctification of White Pussy. Oh my god. I need to write I need to oh, read that. Jesus the Christ. Sanctification of White Pussy. What? You know what? I did notice that a lot of white people, white evangelicals didn't get upset until that happened. Mm-hmm. Like Donald Trump been shit for them from the beginning. Right. And I think he's the president that America deserves. Mm-hmm. Oh, as- absolutely. Like that's one thing. Like, absolutely. like, mm. so like, and here I am in like, you know, this nice like parish in in Silicon <laughs> Valley. And I'm like, do I hit send? Do I hit send? You do. So like I. I emailed the article to three people I love and trust Mm, and that know me and that know my words and that know that I do not use my words carelessly. And I was scared to death. And they're like, no, you, you gotta let this has to be read. Boop. Yeah. And, and then I was terrified because I didn't want to like, I didn't want to go to church the next day because I was like, Oh, Oh, Um, oh yes well and then um, and then and then fuck this shit yes yes 
know. The advent devotional known as fuck this shit. Yes. Um, so how that came about, that was also a response. That was that was not just a response to 2016. That was actually also a greater response to the extrajudicial killing of black and brown bodies by law enforcement in the United States. And it was a way to like, we are lamenting. You know, how do we express lament and how do we express communal lament? And it just kind of got to the point where um, Jason Chestnut, also a Lutheran pastor. Um, Shout out to Crazy Pastor. Crazy Pastor. Mm-hmm. At, yeah. At Crazy Pastor on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Instagram. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, that, that we did this devotional called Fuck This Shit. Yeah. And we tried to talk one another out of it. Like, like this could this could jeopardize a lot like our ministries, maybe even our ordinations, our Ooh. standings in our synods. Wow. But the other thing is, it was just like, if the church is not going to talk about it now, then who is? Right. And it just kind of got to the point where we just felt led by the spirit to do it. And we, I can't speak for Jason, but I can say that I was scared. I was scared to death. Mm. But it also felt like call. And normally, like, call is scary. Yeah. Call is hella scary. So we, we did it. Um, and we got, uh, I'm not going to lie, you know, we did get a lot of flack. We did get. Oh, yeah. A, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you, like, so we're at the, a, so we're at the Theopoetics Conference in Boston, Massachusetts right now. And um, Tamika Young-Savage and I led a panel this morning. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. Um, and one of the questions that we had asked on Twitter, because we did a Twitter conversation in real time with the group in the room. Mm-hmm. Technology, oh. Right? Because online is in real life. Because, mm-hmm. you know, hey, Dan, that's actually how we met, was online. Online, I know. Right? <laughs> so online is in real life. And so one of the questions that we had asked mm-hmm. is, what is blasphemous? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, here's a devotional called Fuck This Shit that is pulling in scripture and that is pulling in a predominantly Christian community. So, yeah, let's talk about blasphemy. Let's have that conversation. So there are some people in the school of thought who thought that using the words fuck this shit with scripture was blasphemous. But you know what? Let me tell you what's blasphemous. Let me tell you what is blasphemous. Come on, preacher. Racism is blasphemous. Xenophobia is blasphemous. Mm -hmm. Homophobia is blasphemous. Like, you know, let's talk about blasphemy. If we are going to talk about, like, who we are in these bodies that we inhabit that were created by God... Let's talk about blasphemy. Let's talk about blasphemy against the human body. Boom. Yeah. That um, workshop today was pretty powerful. I was there. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I missed it. It was really good. Shoot. Um, yeah. Like. I know. I think it's very important as women, women of color. Yeah. In the church. It's very important for us to always speak our truth. And not always push the boundaries and to always stand firm in it because um we're not allowed to be our full selves does that make sense it makes we're not we have to compartmentalize yes, who we are all the time um i always I always talk when i'm out with tamika and laura i always say i hope i'm not being too loud i hope i'm not being too black and she's like girl be yourself and it's something that I've 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 dealt with when I was younger. It's like I don't want to be the loud black girl, but like I'm I'm loud. That's how 
people in my family talk you know that's how people in my neighborhood talk i have a thick baltimore accent like it's through me and i'm not gonna cut that off anymore just to to whiten myself to be accepted and to assimilate into a culture that's not for me and was never meant for me and that's why like fuck this shit and uh like fuck this shit and having that online community to watch it and see it and having like that devotion was really like good like i didn't follow it every day because i'm not on twitter every day but when i got on i was like oh sis yes yes i feel this i didn't even know that (laughs) I didn't even know that that was you. <laughs> I never know it's her. Because, like, okay, never mind. Like, I never know it's her until, like, l- way later. When we FaceTime for, because I'm here on, um, I'm here as a scholarship res- recipient for the. Engaging Arts as Faithful Service. Yes. Ah, and right. I was like, this name looks familiar. This name looked real familiar. And I'm FaceTime. I'm like, I do know you. And it's like. And she's just so like powerful, and like yeah, I, yeah. when I see it, I'm like, I know you, and I I seen what you be doing. Oh yeah, that is you. Oh, it is you, and it's really nice that she's, yeah, Thank yeah, you. yeah. Just inspire me, and now it's like all one person. It's not like just a random Twitter person. <laughs> so what what really helped me, like having you say like you know as as women of color in the church like we need to we need to tell our story we need and we need to tell our story in the way we tell it yes um that we can't tell our story in a way that's not truly us right and so my therapist and i have been working a lot with this Uh, yes shout out to the therapist right shout out to the therapist and and my therapist had said radicalism cannot be compartmentalized Whoa. Because here you are trying to trying to do these things that are not viewed as so socially appropriate, let's say. Right. Um, but, you know, was Jesus socially appropriate? Mm. I mean, we, Mm. I mean, like, I will say that mainline Protestant churches Mm. have surely sanitized and whitewashed. Right. Jesus. Jesus mm, Jesus was a was not about none of this he flipped over the table in the temple he was radical you know like people wanted to kill kill this man they killed this man they hung him on a tree like my one of one of the sermons from when i was younger we used on good friday they would do the uh last words Mm -hmm. service and one of the pastors like you can't tell me jesus wasn't black they hung this man on a tree and watched him die and i was like there it is like jesus had always been this sanitized white man with the blue eyes and i'm like no jesus was me jesus was killed by a police state he was murdered he was murdered in front of people he was murdered how they kill my black brothers and leave them in the street you know like people don't want to see that part of jesus they don't want to admit that he was not he was about radical love and radical change and he wanted us to to love each other in a way that changed us not that held us accountable and we up here like oh i love everyone everyone's awesome but whole time whole time we live in a system and we live in systems that keep people oppressed and people benefit from these systems every day but i love jesus and i love my neighbors like no you can't you can't 
you can't do one without the other Mm -hmm. and it's really frustrating (laughs) it's really frustrating and that's probably uh being a christian or like claiming christianity i don't even really want to claim christianity because it's so backwards like mainline christianity how church is if um if jesus last commandment was to love that's that's what I remember. That's what the Bible taught me and to love unconditionally and unabashedly and to really do the work to get us to where we should be. Yeah. So like yeah. why are we sitting in a complacent system where like the prison systems is black bodies and brown bodies in there for nothing. For nothing. People getting 20 years for a half a gram of of a narcotic of that was flooded into the neighborhoods by the government. Like people don't get that. This is all tied into our religion. This is all tied into who we are. Like, Oh, America is so good at forgetting our history. (laughs) Like we're so good at forgetting where we're based from and how we are based in like, they want to say we're a Christian country, but we do the most anti-Christian things I've ever seen in my life. Like, or rewrite the history or omit the history. Omit the history. Did yeah. you see uh in the in Texas they um it's always in Texas. Yeah, Texas. Uh the textbooks about uh slaves, about how they said these uh people came over on these ships and were like better. for a better life and wow. then um for the uh the tale of tra- the tale of trail of tears, trail of tears mm-hmm. they said that the uh they left of their own accord to mm-hmm. go to these new lands mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i'm like hold up <laughs> that's that's not true no it's not that's not facts it's, at all it is not recognizing the violent history of of where of how this country has been based because like the first thing was like the first thing was taking out the indigenous people yep that was the first thing like all right indigenous bodies let's just kind of like find ways to like dehumanize Mm -hmm. the indigenous people that were already here Mm -hmm. and now we need to bring people over to work on the land Mm -hmm. let's let's also dehumanize Mm -hmm. and so i think like that's why i think like that's why we have to talk about jesus as an embodied person We okay. have to talk about Jesus as an embodied person and not just like this idea of like a nice teacher dude. Right. Like right. we with sandals. Right? Right. Right. And Clarion makeover. Right, right. Yes. Like right. Jesus from the Middle East, my love. Mm-hmm. Like my loves make it make sense. Hello, my loves. No. Like no. Make it make sense. But if we're going to talk about being a Christian nation, mm-hmm. we have to talk about Jesus not being white. We yes. have to talk about a police state. And we have to talk about we have to talk about the unforgivable and insurmountable amount of damage that has been done to bodies that this country has been built upon. In the name of in Jesus. The, right. In the I'm name of say, Jesus. A lot of missionaries coming through crosses mm, yeah. mm. it's it's yeah um my cousin uh i love him so much he always challenges me about my christian faith we okay. grew we grew up in church together we okay. same church all that stuff and mm-hmm. he, as we've grown we've we've both uh gone out and learned more about faith and like okay. spirituality and african spirituality and all this stuff and he's like cousin 
How can we be Christians when we know they took away our gods and gave us Jesus so we could be obedient slaves? And I'm like, damn, mm. how can I be a Christian when I know that my people called out to a different God and their God was stripped from them and they were given Jesus so they would be obedient? How do like, like, yeah, and that's still something I deal with. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what, what will. It's it's a lot. It is a lot because thinking about this as like my parents were educated in the Catholic school system in India, that that any form of Christianity that went out into the world at some point in time is a colonized Christianity. Mm. Like this is a Christian. This is a little C Christianity of control. Like, this is not the big C Christianity of what Christ died for and was resurrected for. Because thinking about it, thinking about, um, thinking about like Asian American Christian communities and Asian Christian communities and like global Christianity um, in some ways, shapes and forms is a colonized Christianity. Yes. And how do we, how do we really talk about Christianity without the colonization part? That's mm. it. Yes. Mm. That's, yes. You really can't have one without the other. Right. Oh, it makes me want to barf. And it's so sad. It's so sad. It's. Mm. Well, I think it's it's interesting because that's I mean because that's personally the journey I know I'm on. It's like it's I'm trying to figure out what is Christianity before colonization because it's like if you if you go if you if and this is what I've been saying it's like if you go back three four hundred years I mean even that Christianity still has Eurocentric Greco-Roman influence. It has mm -hmm. you know, influences on it that don't have our thumbprint so what, what, what were our gods right I mean, yeah and that's what i think about so interesting about the american god television series that came out i can't are they gonna do a second season I'm so hoping they would i have I, a podcast on it oh my oh i need to <laughs> that show yes i know i know i don't own a tv oh mm. Okay. It's fine, but like, but yeah. like you know, but people have sent me clips and like one of my friend, like one of my friends is like all, all, all about it. It's just deep because it, it, the way they the way they situate it right is how gods have been brought over right, and it starts like the, these Vikings and the oh man, when the Africans came over on the ship. Yes, a Nessie. A Nessie. Yes, he's one of my favorite um yes. African deities. Oh, and he's like anger gets shit. Done. Yes. Like, but we're gonna, if, we, if we burn the ship, we're gonna die too. He said. What you want? What? What you want? Oh. He, and so I mean, and I think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just that. I mean, that I feel like in certain regards there is an element of that. It's like, what do we need to burn down? And it may mean burning down a part of of of, of who we are because the shit is rancid. That's that's. I mean, mm -hmm. it just it's like it's walking into a place that's had shrimp. And squid and all kind of other seafood just sitting in a warm room for three months with no ventilation. Oh, Ew. you know what I'm saying? That's oh, oh my gosh! I'm right. just imagining the polyester tablecloth. Uh. And like walking into a place like that, and then but then thinking like all we gotta need to do is just get some lights on, like, <laughs> light the incense, okay. you know, incense and some candles, and we're okay. Mm -hmm. We'll just ignore the rotten right. flesh that's in the corner. So I don't know. I mean, that's that's. I mean, yes. well, and there is also a significant difference between resurrection and reanimation. Hmm. Yes. Oh, uh, tell me. Come, Come on. on. Come on. Unpack that, sis. Unpack that. 
Yes. Who didn't want to go to seminary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, if we're going to talk about reanimation, we are nothing but zombies. We are nothing oh. but the Romero zombies. Oh. Like, I have a whole theology of, like, of of talking about zombies through a, theolo- a Lutheran theological lens. Wow. Yeah. And so, like, reanimation, that mm-hmm. that is not... That is not what Jesus intended for us. That is not what God intended for us. And so like we are just we're just going to go through life like eating the flesh of eating the flesh of I know this like it gets gross and it gets wow. weird. Come on. Um Ooh, my imagination is running wild right I now. Know. I know. But if we're going to talk about re- if we're going to talk about reanimation, reanimation is not being fully resurrected. Reanimation is it's it's a distortion. It is a full-on distortion of resurrection because resurrection is like the wholeness. I mean, yes, you have the scars. You have the evidence of where you've been and where you've come from. Um, But you are able to still like account for yourself and be yourself in that body that God has given you and not with like this hanging flesh of the dead that's Mm. still upon you. Mm. 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 Where's this at? That'll preach. Oh, yo, like, so, like, I saw Night of the Living... I'm going to go on a tangent. Oh, Tangents are, yes. Come on. So, Romero lost the rights to the 1968 version of Night of the Living Dead. Mm. Um, And so, they could play that on PBS because they didn't have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And PBS was the thing that I could watch as a kid. I came home one. I came home. It was Halloween, and so I'm. I don't even remember what my costume was, but like I'm sitting with my candy on the sofa That's watching right. PBS. Right. <laughs> I don't know where my parents were, <laughs> but Night of the Living Dead's on PBS, and I'm just sitting there eating my candy, watching, watching, yeah, watching the original Night of the Living Dead, and I Ooh. didn't realize how profound this was as a six-year-old because mm. you know I'm six, but I do know that I live down the road from a cemetery. Mm. Okay. Yeah. 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 So like, I did not sleep for a month as a six-year-old. Okay, I, like, I wouldn't have either. I like. <laughs> Right. I, so like my bed was up against the window and I would just like sit and look out the window and just wait for the zombie horde to come and eat us. And so my parents are like super concerned. So they sent me to like a child psychologist. No way. Yeah. Oh wow. Hey. This has got deep. Right. You just were euphemizing it. That's, that's for real. And, and so like, they're worried about like, you know, like we had a scary incident on an airplane when we were going to India and you know, that, uh, that had also played into it. And then I had also told, so I told the child psychologist of like, you know, when I go to bed, like I see, like, I see somebody attacking my parents. Um, like, yeah, on the plane, like, isn't this awesome? This was in 85, like 1985. Like you probably scared your therapist. She was, they was scared. (laughs) But then like, so like I, I talked about the experience, like flying to India and having like, you know, having somebody like attack my parents on the plane, which was not awesome. Oh my God. Yeah. And then, but then I also start talking about night of the living dead. About, like, I'm really scared that, like, the zombies are going to come and, like, attack my mom and dad. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, like, that just led to me, like, being so messed up on, like, zombies. But then, like, but do you know how, like, socially, I mean, like, this movie, Night of the Living Dead, made in 1968, was so damn socially profound. Because it was made, like, around the time of MLK Jr.'s assassination. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy, uh, Robert F. Kennedy's assassination. Um, 
you know, around the time of like the civil rights movement and like starting on with like, you know, like what does black liberation look like? And so I don't think it was a coincidence at the end of the movie to have the last survivor in the house be a black man who gets shot by like a white lynch mob. I wow. need to watch this movie. I haven't seen that in a long time, but I, wow. And then we get to 1978's Dawn of the Dead. Yes, and that's yes. and that's about like worshiping the god of consumer culture because all the zombies go to a mall because as the movie says, this must have been an important place in their lives. Oh, oh no. Whoa. This is what Incorvatus Inse looks like people. This is what this is what it looks like when we are dead to the world and to the people around us and like we are being eaten alive. Well, all right then. Okay, so that's my tangent on zombies and theology. Wow. Wow. Man, that's that's You gonna make me think about zombies in a whole new uh, way. In a whole new way. I know. Yeah, I mean he's yeah, zombie fan and Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Living Dead, and now yeah, The Walking Dead and, you know, mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. the new series, which I'm not even sure which way they're going to go. But I mean, part of it is is that it, it right? I mean, that's because I think about I mean everything you just said. So I'm not going to I'm not going to try to recapture that. I think as it, as you're talking, I'm listening and I'm like, wow. I mean, because now you've got evangelicals. I just saw this um, the other day, two days ago. Um, it was Fox News. It popped up in my feed. And about Ew. How, I'm, sure, I'm sure you guys have already seen it, right? About how the evangelical pastor in Dallas, white guy, they were asking about, you know, Stormy Daniels and about how, you know, <gasps> how can you, you know what I'm saying? Like, how can you support? And, he, and literally he says, it just doesn't matter. Oh, um, tell F- me, I don't G. know what's going on. Inform like, me. I wish there was a way to do like an audible eye roll. Oh. <laughs> That's my audible eye roll. Well, there you go. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> yeah. So he says it just doesn't matter. Because, you know, in the interview, just asking him, like, you know, what, how do you, um, you know, as evangelical Christians, he's like, well, it just doesn't matter. You know, I, we don't know the heart. We don't know the man's heart. And like, he's just completely just excusing it away about all of the stuff that he's done. Right? He's having sex with a woman, <laughs> his wife. And his wife's pregnant, but it doesn't matter. And he he's just and it's like, hey, we don't know. We're none of us are human. We're with Trump because of the principles. What do you say? The principles and the and the policies. Wait, hold up. What's going on here? What's going on? Who's stormy? <gasps> oh. Yeah, I don't I don't follow Trump because it's for my self care. No, right. no, no, no. You're right. It's and I should probably take more of that. I, yeah. Because mm mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. You're right. Wait, he got a girl pregnant. That's not his no, wife. No. No, no, no. no. So he, well, he, so his wife. At least the story goes. Correct me if I'm wrong. It, it, he, his wife was pregnant, and then he was with like this porn star, Stormy Daniels, when she was pregnant. When Melania was pregnant. Melania was okay. Pregnant. Yeah, he didn't get pregnant. Okay, so he was he got Melania pregnant. Okay, and he was cheating on her with a uh, with a porn star named Stormy. <laughs> not some rich white man shit like (laughs) like what (laughs) oh my gosh this is the best reality show ever like or the worst reality or the worst because he really could like Like, i'm still waiting for the light to fall out of the sky like the truman show oh my it's not gonna like (sighs) i know i know it's not gonna happen because because we are in the midst of an apocalypse no like like yeah no like i mean that as an unveiling like 
We are living in the midst of an unveiling because, like, the chickens have come home to roost. Mm-hmm. Um, that our our history is being revealed to us, and so yeah, uh, uh, the meaning of apocalypse is unveiling, like like the the shitstorm that we have actually like like that this country has been founded upon has been revealed. Like we have all like the, like. Mm. Uh, so I've read this, read this something a few years ago, and it was right around when Trump was coming out, and like people were like, all this stuff was happening in America, and uh, the post was, why do you, why um, I don't, I'm not sure why you guys are so surprised. America's built on like ancient uh graveyards, um, grave sites, and like it's built on ancient land, and like you think these ancestors was going to wait around? No, like this is real power, like. We don't give, um, we don't, if it's not, if it's not God and Jesus, we don't like acknowledge the power of it. And like we people, people's uh, grave sites and their rituals and what they do when they honor their ancestors. And when we def, uh, deframe that, is that what I want to say? The face, there we go. When we deface it, when we build on it, when we uh, remove that, um, that, them from their people like that's that's bad karma that's bad juju that's coming back and that's coming back hard and i'm just here you know you know i'm just here i plan to like um i can't say i'm gonna go to canada because that's no better (laughs) i'm just here watching it happen and doing the work to make sure that like my people good you know like that we gonna we gonna make it you know And the one that kills me. So, like, I'm the child of immigrants. My parents came to this country in 1970. Mm. Um, and so, like, when white people are like, I could move to so-and-so, I'm like, mm-mm, I am staying here to fight. Like, my parents became citizens of this country. Wow. yeah. You know, they yeah. they had to, like, live in this country. So, like, my dad got citizenship as soon as he could. My parents moved to this country in 1970. He got citizenship as soon as he was ready in 1975. Because then, you know, you had to live in the country and establish residency. You could not go back home. Wow. 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 For, like, extended amounts of time. Like, you know, like, maybe, like, if there was, like, a death in the family or, like, an event or something, like, yeah, you could. But, like, you... But at the same time, it's like, you know, when you do that, like, you're putting your citizenship in jeopardy. Like, wow. your chances of citizenship. Wow. That's crazy. It is. Like, America makes the same United States, because I got corrected last night that, um... It's the United States, not America, but okay. Um, The United States make it seems like it's some really exclusive club to get into. But like once you're in, you get treated like shit. Like, (laughs) like, oh, you get you get treated like pooey. And so to see so to see people like to see particularly white people saying like, well, uh, like that night, that night of November 8th, 2016, it's like, well, I'm moving to so and so. And I'm like, I'm staying here to fight. And that just so shows their privilege. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm just going to leave because I'm white and I'm going to be good no matter where I go. Right. And it's like, right. I need to stay here and fix this so that this fix can ripple across the world and like the world can be healed because I'm not white and I'm not going to be fine wherever I go. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the truth. I mean, that's the other side of it. Like, where where can we, particularly black folks, black and brown folks, you know, where can we lay our heads that it's not going to be, you know, some either hyper-corrupted, you know, in, insidious environment with government. Mm-hmm. Or you'll have, somebody was like, oh, you know, we're in Norway and all that stuff. Right. I said, but then I'm still going to be looked at as the odd person out. Right. And their racism may not necessarily be the intense, and we may not have the history of the Klan and all that stuff 
in that particular area, but I'm still going to be the outside person. That's still not my right heritage. So it's yeah, it's it, it is. It's, it, you're right. I um I used to get okay. I I my people were bought here against their will. My and like I'm here. I'm an American. I was born here, and um. When the election was going on, uh, some people were like, we're just going to go to Africa. And I'm like, but like, that's not like I get that my ancestors come from there. I get that. Like, that's flown through my blood. But that's not my home. You feel me? Like my family, blood, sweat and tears built built the United States. This is my home. This is where I put my feet on the ground. This is where I am. This is this is my culture. So like. How am I going to like be like, oh, I'm just going to leave here and go to Africa and then like try to be a part of someone else's culture? Like, I no, it's not right. And it's not right. It's not OK. Um, And I feel like it's very important to fight for America because so many people died just to be here. Like so many people died just for being themselves. And I'm just going like pack up and be like, oh, no, Donald Trump is president. I'm running away. No, nah, boo. Ain't shit changing the hood. The hood's still the hood. Under Obama, under Trump, under Bush, under Clinton, the hood is still the hood. And until we deal with the systematic oppression and the systematic changes and do all that shit and do the work, ain't nothing going to change. So I'm going to pack up and be like, all right, y'all. I'm going to go live in the tropics and you can come with me or you can't. I'm good. That's selfish as fuck. And like my, like my rent on this earth is service, you know, to serve my people, to make sure that we are empowered, that we break the chains, the mental chains that we have on us because of the years of oppression and generations of oppression and generation of generations of just fuckery. You know, yeah, that we have it's like embedded in our DNA at this point, mm-hmm. and like my call, oh, that's that word. My call mm. is just it's it's to heal as much as I can in as many ways as I can, and that starts with speaking truth, with being uncomfortable, with growing in places that I didn't know that I needed to grow with. Being in spaces like this and going places and meeting other people who feel that call to heal and holy heal and be in the mess and understand righteous anger and use it to change this world and like bring God's kingdom to fruition, you know? Because, like, come, thy will be done. Yes. As it is in heaven. Right. Wow. Like, we, we keep. People get so caught up in oh heaven heaven is but so far away. No, earth earth is here, earth is now. Like we are here and we need to make this our heaven. We need to make this our paradise. Because like, yes, heaven could be a place, but heaven could not be a place. How how do we like know for certain? Why can't we live in the now and be here and be good to each other and love each other and not this fake shit, but really love each other yeah. and have those tough conversations and make those real changes instead of talking about it. Be about it. You know, I never thought I would use that saying, talk about it, be about it. My mother used to say that to me all the time. Don't talk about it. Be about it. What? Like, oh, it just people in America. 
I love my country though. I wouldn't want to be any. I wouldn't want to be from anywhere else. Yeah. Okay. All right. I wouldn't want to. Wouldn't want to. Uh, yeah. I'm a. Pr- I'm. I'm proud to be black. I'm proud to be black and from America. I'm proud to be the descendant of in, enslaved people. I'm proud to be in a descendant of people who were not broken, even though everything in this country was made to break them. And we still make culture. We still transform culture. We still, damn, we still thriving. We not. I won't say thriving. We still here. We are still here, and that's something, because they don't want us to be here, and still here. It's a strength that's, that's, that is just so mind-blowing to me, that's, like, we lose, lost our mothers and our brothers and our sons and our fathers and we had limbs chopped off and our tongues ripped out and we still spoke truth and we still stood up to power and we still stood up to oppressors. We had we live in rat infested public housing and roach infested public housing and we still get up and work two and three jobs to take care of our families. You can't tell me being black is magic. You can't tell me that that magic isn't running through my veins. And I feel so fucking blessed that I get to say that. Like, I'm black. I don't got to try to be black. I'm it. Like, everybody want to be me. But, like, can't be me, you know? You know? It's a quote that, like, everybody want to be black until it's time to be black. So like yeah, I, yeah. yeah, everybody everybody like it until it's really time to be black. Be black yeah. And that, that police come, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like... You you still black, you know? Yeah. But I think it's a superpower. That's my superpower. I'm black. Yeah. Mm. Wow. That was my. I'm sorry. Sometimes no. I get a little tangenty, no. no. and like, I just, yeah. I, I black is, mm, it's, oh. I used to get asked all the time when I was younger, what am I mixed with? Because I have like curly hair. Oh, uh, okay. And that question pisses me the fuck off. Like, I'm black. I'm blackity black, black, the black, black, black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need that t-shirt. <laughs> like, I will make you that t-shirt. Like, I'm so black. My mama used to hot comb. Like, I'm black. And it's just uh, something so beautiful, be able to claim that identity and not being afraid of what it comes with it. Like, uh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wow. Deep, man. This is good. Right, look at that. We're, we're killing. It. Um. Well, let me ask this. Um. Where can folks find you? What uh, What are y'all doing now? What books? Podcast. Oh, podcast. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Maya, the podcast. Tell Come them. On, I, her podcast yes. gives. Her po- so the podcast is on gives life. Oh. It speaks life. Oh. That's, yay, that makes me happy. Um, So I do host a podcast with two two other wonderful, wonderful, wonderful women. And it's called Four Collared Girls. Okay. And it's collared as in collared greens. Okay. And um, we're uh, all three black women. And it's about our relationship with God and how we found her mm. and how we f- see God. And, like, we talk about pop culture. We talk about how... Uh, 
biblical stories relate to pop culture events. Um, we did an episode about respectability and Cardi B. And that was that was that was that was our first episode, and like that was so good. And our most re- recent episode is um, about uh, create, love, repeat, and how do you create and um, fulfill yourself and take care of yourself, and why you create and who created you to create. And uh, yes. it's it's our first interview. We have uh, Elena Dorsey on there. She's amazing. But uh, that was a whole bunch of stuff. But you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Facebook at Four College Girls. That's F O R C O L L A R D. Um, and we our website is fourcollegegirls.com. And um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Camilla the killer underscore because i'm a poet and i slay these words yes. and um that's c-a-m-i-l-o-a-d-a-k-i-l-l-a underscore and yeah so i'm i'm kind of social now um, i'm coming out of a, a bout with depression so like uh i'm getting out there so hit me up talk right. to me help me get back out into the world because <laughs> it's kind of scary when you've been like in your little dark hole and you're like oh there are other people okay right we're looking around <laughs> like oh the sun i haven't seen you in a while that's right that's right yeah. i know yes yeah. yes all right cool yeah and i'm maya i didn't say that but i'm maya camille that's it no I, yeah. like i said i'll put all this in the show notes this is good Let's, for everybody listening oh yeah yes. our names yeah yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> i have a name my mother gave it to me <laughs> mm. I, yeah, my mother gave me my name. My grandmother was supposed to name me, but my mom's like, she's a few thousand miles away. I'm going to name my child. Breaking rules. Which Breaking is, rules. Yeah, so like the name that my mother gave me and not my grandmother is Tuhina. I love it. Yeah. Yes. Tuhina, yes. Tuhina Verma Rash. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, so I am on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at t-v-r-a-s-c-h-e um and what am i doing that everything that that is the most that is the most pertinent question in my life right now what am i doing i I would love to know (laughs) me too i want to figure it out so bad (laughs) i just want to wake up 20 years from now with like a son or a daughter like oh i did it there you go that's right Um, so I just, I'm kind of itinerant preaching, itinerant Mm -hmm. teaching. Um, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Oh yeah. I have a website. I just got Mm -hmm. a website, Mm -hmm. right? I am joining Mm -hmm. the late Mm -hmm. 20th century. Oh, right. Right? So my website is, uh, T-U-H-I-N-A-V-R-A-S-C-H-E.com. All right. And she's awesome. Make sure you check her out. Yes, absolutely. Like really inspirational. Thank wow! You. Really? Well, this has been a popping conversation. Popping? Any of this? Oh! Boop. Out there, and this is this is good. And so, where can somebody find the the fuck it curriculum? The fuck this <laughs> shit! <laughs> fuck this shit, ho! Fuck this shit! That's right. Where can... Um, so it can be found on Medium, and I'm trying to remember the direct link, but I can't. Oh, right, you send it to me. Okay, I'll and send I'll it put to you. That in the uh, yep, yep. All yes. Right. Yes. Well, thank you for being taking time. I know this is conference time, good learning time. So thank you for taking time to coming out. Thank way. you. Thank you for, uh, for like having... you know because like following you on Twitter and then like we actually get to like sit in the same room and talk. I love it. And it's I just like it. yes. I love it. I love it. It's amazing. It is awesome. Cool. Thank you.